Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. In five, four, three, two, one. It's time for the rundown with Rob Sanders. Well, we're waiting. Welcome into the rundown on Fox Sports Radio 1400 around the world on the iHeartRadio app. My name is Rob Sanders. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. Of course, I've got tons of great stuff for you today. But as always, I like to have uh, people that know more than I do. So we'll, we'll head out to the phones and welcome in former Gamecock assistant coach Eric Wilson. Coach, how are you, man? Hey, Rob. How are you, my friend? Uh, I am doing well. I have uh, tons of things that I want to ask you today. Of course, uh, we, we're, we're kind of getting over the the loss to Tennessee. Uh, but I did have some questions I wanted to ask you uh, about that matchup. And, of course, not the way the Gamecocks wanted to start out, but a game that they were pretty competitive in. Um, it didn't look like at any point that Tennessee was going to uh, to just pull away. And it was definitely a matchup the Gamecocks could have won. Yeah, my only uh, concern was when it was 21-7, to and South Carolina really hadn't done much of anything other than their first drive in the first half. Uh, but they definitely got some things corrected at halftime uh, and, and kind of clawed their way back into it. So the majority of the game, they were in it. Uh, you know, obviously certain things led to – the issues that uh, you know ended up losing at the back end, but there are things that are definitely correctable. The the downside to it is that this is a game that they could have won, uh, and with an extremely difficult schedule, you just can't give those kind of games away. Completely agree with you on that. I have to ask you about uh, the special teams play at the end with uh, with something like that that happens. I asked Tim Frisbee about it, of course. Uh, one of uh, one of our hosts on the fifth quarter post game show, and the ball bounced bounced off the ground and hit Cam Smith, and that was kind of the way that Tennessee put the game away. With something like that, is there a way that that you work on that? Is that a, is that something you can get coached up on, or is that just hey the ball just bounced and it wasn't exactly uh, the way that you wanted it to happen? Well, Coach Muchnap actually referenced that you know that's something that everyone works on in practice. Um, you know, as the punt returner, uh, Jamie Williamson uh, was the punt returner, and uh, any the punt returners are coached that hey, if the punt is short, meaning in front of you, that you have to give a call to your return team because they're they're blocking, right? They're taught to engage and block. They're working under the assumption that you're catching the ball, so they're not sitting there looking for the ball and staring at the ball. They're picking up who they're supposed to block and they're engaging. Uh, everyone's got a call. Every team's a little bit different, but basically the punt returner makes a call if the ball's in front of him 
letting those people know, hey, the kick is short. I'm not going to catch it. Disengage. Get away from the ball. Uh, you know, and that's some people call it a Peter call. Some people, South Carolina reference that they call it a poison call. But it basically means the ball's short, disengage. Uh, Jamie said he made it. Uh, obviously, Cam said he didn't hear it. And so it's it's one of those things where, uh, you know, when you're blocking and you're, you're, everything's focused on what you're supposed to be doing, uh, the punt returner's got to make sure that call is really, really loud and they've got to repeat it over and over so that everybody hears it. That was just one of uh, – it seemed like South Carolina kind of had the momentum going their way and then – just the air gets taken out of the balloon. But that that's one of the areas that, uh, you know, we always talk about offense and defense, but, man, special teams is just so important. Well, it is, and, and you know, special teams turns games, and that's something that, that Muschamp has preached his entire tenure at South Carolina, and that's also something that in most situations South Carolina wins on because they spend a lot of time uh, working on special teams. And, and other than that one play, uh, obviously that was a, a backbreaker. And there was nothing to say that, you know, that they get the ball and drive it, you know, 80 yards downfield in a minute. I mean, that would have been a tall order. Uh, but obviously it took their ability to, to try out of their hands. Uh, but, yeah, it's something that you, you know, those are those kind of the breaks that happen that you really can't predict. Uh, those are situations that you work in practice. It's a situation that they did work. Uh, but obviously there was, uh, you know, just – he either wasn't loud enough or he didn't say it enough times or, or just Cam just had tunnel vision because he was engaged in blocking, and at the end of the day, he just didn't hear it. What was your grading on Colin Hill as the quarterback uh, for the Gamecocks on Saturday? Uh, I'd give Colin a, you know, a, a pretty solid B, you know, B to B+. Plus. I thought he managed the game pretty well. Um, you know, the, the not getting you know, a, a higher grade than that would really just be the interception. Uh, and, you know, throwing the ball when you really don't have your feet underneath you and, and you're in a situation where, you know, obviously in that, the, the pick six by Toa Toa was a pressure situation uh, where both tackles uh, were getting beat and he was forced to step up in the pocket. Uh, but that's, you know, pretty normal. And uh, as he stepped up, his mechanics kind of fell apart a little bit, causing him to throw the ball behind shy. Shy reaches, you know, back behind himself to try to one arm it, and obviously we know what happened. But um, you know, I think that that wasn't a great throw. Uh, he had a couple other throws that sailed on him that were a little high, uh, but overall, I, I thought he executed the offense pretty dang well. I mean, if you look at his stats, he was twenty-five for thirty-nine, threw for almost three hundred yards, uh, one touchdown, one interception. Um, I, I, I've got a bigger concern uh, with their inability to run the football than I do with, you know, with that interception that Colin threw, because that's just, you know, it's a game-time mistake trying to make a play, that kind of thing. Uh, but overall, I thought his performance was good. All right, well, let, let's talk a little bit about the defense, because it seems like we, coming into the season, we all thought that the Gamecocks uh, would be solid on the defensive side of the ball. A lot of the talent that they have on that team leans toward the defensive side, and the offense was supposed to be a lot of unproven uh, unproven things. But the offense, I thought, played pretty well. But, man, the defense just looked like they were kind of uh, short in some spots. Yeah, I think the biggest thing defensively that, that jumped out at me were, you know, what I call chunk plays or big plays. Because uh, when you look at it, one of my keys to the game for the defense um, was – 
to get off the field on third down, and they really did a great job on third down. Tennessee was only one out of 11 on third down conversions, which is, I mean, you can't really hope for more than that. So South Carolina, great job on third down, but they gave up too many chunk plays. Uh, you know, Muschamp referenced a number of them in his post-game press conference. One was a wheel route. Uh, one was a <clears throat> um, like a swing route. Uh, the, the wheel route was a situation where they had a blitz on, but the flat defender was supposed to peel off and take the wheel, and he didn't. Uh, you know, uh, great play down on the sideline on one of their uh, big conversions uh, to that wide receiver when the coverage was really, really good. Um, I think it was – I think Cam Smith was in coverage on that play, but not really sure. I can't remember. But they, they just hit some big plays that extended drives. South Carolina had – you know, that uh, personal foul on a third down that, that where they were getting off the field, that drive ended up becoming a touchdown. Right. That was a really big play uh, against South Carolina that, you know, was just was born out of immaturity. So it, it was big, kind of big chunk things that, that really impacted the game. But, you know, from a standpoint of what they need to do on third down, they did it. The other thing that South Carolina was not able to do, and, and we always see that this, this really matters on every tight game you see right. is they didn't force a turnover. No fumbles by Tennessee, no interceptions. And so, you know, defensively, you've got to be able to create some turnovers, especially when your team's giving them away. Uh, and that's something they weren't able to do. Uh, let's take a quick tour around the SEC before we uh, talk a little bit about the matchup with Florida. Former Gamecock assistant uh, Eric Wilson joining us here on the program this afternoon. You know, uh, obviously the stunner, for me anyway, on Saturday was uh, Mississippi State going in there with the Pirates. And you talked about that on the postgame show. Maybe the Pirate could, uh, or the pregame show, maybe the Pirate could uh, get something done up against LSU. And LSU kind of took it, man. I mean, uh, Coach Orgeron was talking at the, in the summer about this defense was the best defense or better than the defense they had last year. Either he's a little off or Coach Leach is a little forward. What's that? No, I said I didn't see it, did you? No, I that didn't, was, but I, I no thought way. maybe I thought maybe it could have been something with uh, with Coach Leach's offense too, you know? I was trying to give credit to well, the victor there, but No, I I will agree. I think so LSU definitely has athletes on the defensive side of the ball. Right. Um, you know, typically what you see with, with Mike Leach's offense is the is the first few times you see that it's really hard to defend against. Uh, you partner that with, uh, you know, KJ Costello, Costello transferred in from Stanford, had an unbelievable day, threw for over 600 yards pass and set an SEC record for passing yards in the game. And I think the other thing that really jumped out at me is, you know, if you look at where Leach has been in the past, whether it was Texas Tech or Washington State, he, he was doing it with smoke and mirrors, like talent level that was significantly lower than the upper crust of the conferences he was in Mississippi state. He's got players. Uh, he's got a, a, a number of really good wide receivers that Costello's throwing to. Uh, he's got probably one of the best tailbacks in the sec in Callen Hill, uh, who didn't get a lot of rushing yards, but had eight receptions for, I think close to a hundred yards. They really utilized him in the passing game. Right. And so he's, he's got, a lot of players to throw to. It's the first time that he's had a team like that. And uh, and I think he's really going to shake up the SEC, obviously, from what we saw on Saturday. Mississippi State's going to be a formidable opponent. 
I, I that was one of the more shocking matchups from Saturday, but there were a couple of other games that kind of went under the radar a little bit. Um, Alabama went up to uh, to Mizzou, and I'm not saying Mizzou is world beaters. Alabama pulled a lot of their players, but Mizzou able to cover the spread, and I I watched some of that game. I don't know why I pulled that up to watch last night, but Mizzou looked like a well-coached football team. There weren't a lot of penalties. Uh, they just had more uh, more Joes on the other side than Mizzou has. Um, did you watch any of that matchup? I mean, Alabama, very impressive, but I was impressed with what uh, Coach Drinkowicz was doing up there with Mizzou. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Zoo. Well, yeah, well, Alabama jumped up on them, you know, in the first half. Big time. And, and mm-hmm. had a big, big lead. And then, obviously, Alabama didn't keep everybody in in the second half. They did play their starters at the beginning. Uh, but then I do think that, you know, um, Saban's a big, big stress is putting the teams away and, and they were not able to do that. Uh, Eli Drinkwitz is a really good offensive mind. Right. Uh, and if, if they can get things figured out on the defensive side of the ball, that's Missouri has to be good on defense to be competitive in the SEC. When they were challenging for the top position in the East, they had one of the better defenses in the conference when they've kind of fallen the last few years, their defenses were not as good. Uh, I think if they can get the defensive side of the ball figured out, they'll have a chance to to get climb their way back up in the East. One of the other matchups where uh, a team was a huge underdog was Vanderbilt, and they lose to Texas A&M. But, I mean, I, I've seen teams score more runs in a beer league softball game as uh, the Aggies win 17-12. to Was that more of Texas A&M didn't want to show too much because they've got to play Alabama? Or was that more of Vanderbilt went in there and just hit him in the mouth? Well, Vanderbilt's returning all 11 starters on defense. So they've right. got a, a strong defensive football team. Um, at Texas A&M, I also didn't, you know, they didn't wow me with the way they played. Um, and so it, it's going to be interesting to see uh, if Fisher's team takes a big jump, this is his third season. He's got you know three full recruiting classes in there, um, and the real question is: is can he recreate the magic that he had Florida State, or you know is he going to have just kind of an average football team? The, the expectations for them were higher than the way they performed on Saturday. And finally, one of the uh, other matchup was, of course, Florida going down to Ole Miss. The matchup that kind of wowed me a little bit, and the main reason being is that uh, the young tight end, I say young tight end, he's a senior, uh, pits for Florida. Gamecock fans are going to uh, see a good bit of him this week, but uh, the combination of Trask to Pitts is uh, a pretty good combination in the SEC as far as a one-two punch in the passing game. Yeah, I think Dan Mullen's done an amazing job bringing Kyle Trask along. I mean, he just looked heads and tails above where he was last year. I mean, he was solid last year, but, you know, on Saturday he looked like uh, an elite quarterback in the SEC. Fits eight receptions, but the interesting, the, the thing that was really impressive was he averaged 22 yards, almost 21.3 yards per reception. So he's not just a tight end that's catching under routes and, 
you know, that are eight yard drags, those kinds of things. They're using him to stretch the field vertically in the passing game. And he's, he is a dangerous receiver on par with, you know, a big wide receiver in most offenses. Yeah. And I just thought that, as you said, I mean, the big, huge plays, they, they went to the tight end and, uh, just the matchup problems that he causes for, for anyone is just, uh, something that Florida has definitely taken advantage of. But uh, as the Gamecocks head into this game, uh, can you give us a couple of keys you think for South Carolina to uh, to get in there and have a good matchup with Florida? Well, I think South Carolina has to win the turnover battle and has to win it handily. Um, you know, Florida's got a, a better, deeper roster than South Carolina does, especially at the skill positions. Uh, and, and that – you know, Pitts is a matchup nightmare, especially when, when you're trying to get on the right side with your safeties. Uh, so South Carolina's got to got to win the turnover battle, and I and plus two to plus three. Um, Florida, hopefully, you know, special teams. If South Carolina can win special teams and get some kind of a special teams turnover, block punt, something like that, where they can create uh, some short field opportunities. Um, I don't see South Carolina out, you know, outscoring Florida you know, just punch for punch. So Florida's got to give them some sharp, short fields, uh, some easier scoring opportunities, and then defensively, South Carolina's got to be able to hold up. Well, and of course, I have to ask you about the Clemson matchup before we get out of here. Uh, and I, I know that Clemson fans probably get tired of me saying this, but when you look at the Clemson schedule, I don't see anyone other than maybe, maybe Miami that – is going to get within two touchdowns of the Tigers. But uh, Coach Sweeney talking today like uh, Virginia was going to be basically the same team they were in the ACC championship game last year. Uh, the ACC has a lot of lightweights, man. But uh, this matchup with Virginia this week, is is that something the Tigers, if, if they fall asleep, they could, uh, could run into a road bump with Virginia? Well, Clemson every year, is, and this is true of any team, right? You don't win national championships and go undefeated without having a couple games where you're just not clicking on all cylinders. Um, you know, one year it was Syracuse. Uh, one year, uh, I think, Pitt. I'm trying to think. Pitt was one was year. Pitt. That was the game yeah, that so Deshaun it, Watson threw for over 500 yards and they lost. Right. Yeah. It's, it's games that you don't expect them, you know. To, so I don't think you can ever just say, hey, Clemson's just going to roll over everybody, you know, 14, 21 points a game minimum. There's just always games where things don't go the way that you expect them to go. And for one reason or another, the other team, you know, plays beyond their capability or beyond their skill level. They do everything right. You make a couple mistakes. And honestly, it's a situation that South Carolina is hoping to be in against Florida this week. Same kind of deal. It's just you're flipping the script. Um and it doesn't matter on any given Saturday if you turn the ball over uh, and you don't execute in the special in special teams, and the other team you know gets, catches a fire under their butt and they're executing in every phase of the game, you can lose. Of course, Coach Eric Wilson joining us, and uh, he doesn't overlook anyone. Of course, on our uh, pregame coverage with the best Gamecock coverage on. Our sister station, News Radio 103.5 FM WVOC. You sound great in both channels. And last week we were watching and got you and Christopher Thompson's beautiful faces 
where we could follow you on Facebook. That was really cool. <laughs> well, yeah, um, I've got a face for radio. Exactly. So. <laughs> well, but <laughs> but you can also it, it get your. It was definitely an interesting situation, but I think it's great. Yeah, because it gives people different options. You know, if they're at home, um, it's a lot easier sometimes to to pull up Facebook and and stream it up to your TV than it is to try to you know get the radio piped into your if you don't have it on Wi-Fi through your house or whatever. So right. I think it's awesome that we're doing that. It just gives people more options to tune into the show. And of course, folks can find you on Twitter as well. And let's not forget the Savage College Football Podcast, which. By the way, you were pulling stats out earlier like you were Mr. Savage College Football with the uh, yards per, per reception for Pitts. I mean, obviously he's my, doing – I'm trying to get my game up, man. He's doing he's doing the show prep for you, brother. I mean, because you sounded just like him. I mean, and, and folks should check out, that, uh, check out that podcast, and you can get that on the iHeartRadio app, iTunes, and, of course, they can follow you on Twitter as well, right? What's the handle for that? So on Twitter, you can follow me at Coach Eric Wilson. Uh, and then, like you said, if you jump on the podcast this week, we actually interviewed Brian Green, starting center for Washington State, for the Wazoo, um, and talked about the Pac-12 and, and some of the stuff that he went through as a player, uh, not thinking they were going to be able to play, what their preparation's been like. Uh, so an interesting, a really interesting interview that we had with Brian. We appreciate his time uh, to get some insight into the Pac-12 and, and – uh, the stuff that those guys have gone through as they've you know gotten back into the game. It was very interesting because it was like you were interviewing someone that was on the other side, uh, you know. Because we we have so much um, SEC and ACC coverage here, but to get some good coverage from the Pac-12, um, you know, it's kind of hard to find. But you guys uh, brought that on the Savage College Football Podcast this week. All right, Coach, looking forward to seeing you on. As I hear the rain right there. I look forward to seeing you on uh, Saturday as we get prepped for uh, Gamecocks and uh, Florida. Yes, sir. Appreciate your time, Rob. We'll talk right. to you on Saturday. All right. There you go. Coach Eric Wilson joining us on the rundown. Uh, great information there from the coach. You know, we broke down the situation there with the punt. Um, just a tough way for the Gamecocks to drop that game, that opening game against Tennessee. Looked like the offense was ahead of the defense, so – Interesting stuff there. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, we'll have some comments from Coach Will Muschamp in his press conference today, as well as comments from Coach Dabo Sweeney. You are listening to The Rundown. This is Fox Sports Radio 1400. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.